Yeah, we know it'll never happen, but hey, it's worth a shot. Hollywood, hire us. So going back to your thing of people only wanting the same thing. Uh, this is why this episode was going to be titled Fuck You, David Zaslav. Oh, okay, I know where you're going with this then. Okay. So apparently this <laughs> dumbass. Highly paid. Highly paid dumbass. And I will recant the dumbass if you want to give me a job. I will not, because I don't want to work for this guy. I, I, I want to work for him until he gets fired, and then they can keep me on, and then we can fix all the mistakes. You let me know how that works out. Oh, it, it, it's how it's working out right now. That's not <laughs> going to happen. Yeah. That's um, how it worked out. <clears throat> so, apparently, crinkle, the, crinkle. The, um, the statement was as such that, you know, we have... Basically, what he has come out and said is, we basically only want to continue with franchises that we know will guarantee us money. So basically, anything... So developing new intellectual property is just, fuck you to that, I guess. Which we've already seen because they've slashed, like, a billion, you know, billions of animators out of there. Like, Cartoon Network has basically been gutted. Hopefully, DC Studios will dust off some of these things that have been cut. Like, well, like at some point, I hope James Gunn looks at that shelf and goes, huh, Batgirl, what the hell is it doing over there? I, to be honest with you, I'll be surprised if they ever find the footage of that, because apparently it's been just... Off the hard drives? Maybe. Yeah, it's just gone. But I get it. So from what the article you sent me, and I read it, or I skimmed it, because there was a lot of bullshit I didn't want to have to deal with. It's it's a lot. They're of going off what viewer analysis yeah. of what people log on to HBO Max and watch. And they're watching things they're familiar with. Big Bang Theory, Harry Potter. But that's because that they're there and they're for some people, that's just their comfort. Background noise. I want to escape into this world that I'm familiar with. It doesn't mean they don't want new things. Yeah, and see, that's... But apparently, it's only David wants old things to stay. <laughs> and that's what... Hi, buddy. He wants... Daddy, you love him? Let's go in there. All right, then. Fine. <clears throat> but Bob, any, shut up. Anywho. Um, I forget what I was going to say now. Um... <laughs> Knock it off. Hi. What you doing, kiddo? Did you have a good bath? Bubble bath. Bubble bath? <laughs> Did you have a bubble bath? A bubble bath. Hi, <laughs> <coughs> buddy. Now we get ready for the By the way, so I know we were, <laughs> we were in there and I started laughing hysterically. Because he's like, what's this? There's something in the wall. Uh, like, well, stop. Yeah. So I did that, and he goes. <laughs> and then he was like, the whole time the bathtub was so, coming up, he was having a blast with it. Now you have some, uh, now we have a new toy to play we with. We have created a monster. <laughs> but Mar nobody wants to see Marshall no more. They want Shane. Ah, chop liver. Uh, yeah, so. Good night, buddy. Love you. My problem, and I think I sent it to you, was who's analyzing this data for him? Or is he looking at the data and that's the conclusion he comes to? 
Right. Oh, look at these people. They only watch Harry Potter and Big Bang Theory, so that's all we're going to do from now on. Maybe that's because some of the shit that you've got on there doesn't interest them. Give them something that will. Like, look at what we're doing with Amazon Prime and Lord of the Rings. We've already seen Lord of the Rings. We've got six freaking movies about Lord of the Rings, but they're giving us parts of that world that we haven't seen yet. Exactly. You want to, okay, so you want to continue with franchises? Expand on the franchises. Give me the American version of the fucking Hogwarts school. Right. <laughs> if you really want to just like, let's keep with the Harry Potter franchise. Okay. But don't remake them. Expand them. Well, yeah, that's like they're, they're prop. <laughs> it's funny that you bring up that because they're probably getting ready to kill off the Fantastic Beast series because it's not doing well. <laughs> but uh, to be fair, I don't think that was. That was due to a lot of factors. It wasn't anything, you know. Actor changes. Well, yeah. I mean, you you lost Johnny Depp due to stupid bullshit. You um, you had, I I don't know. There's just a lot of there are a lot of factors that contributed to you know the the way that the the way that the viewership has fallen off from those particular films, but. The thing is, like you said, it's not that doesn't mean we just want more Harry Potter. No, we want more. We do want more Wizarding World. We just want, you know. Yeah, we don't need you to reboot and remake the same crap we've already seen. Yeah. Okay, cool. Maybe you'll include a bit more from the books. Maybe you'll the the gra the effects are gonna look better just because it's now twenty twenty two, and not two thousand two. But. But yeah, it's just. I, like, I don't want to see, unless you're going to give me a movie that there's no book for, so we have no real source material to go off of. Unless you're going to give me, like, Harry Potter in his 40s. Which is what they're talking about doing, because they're talking about doing Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which is already a play. It's already so a play. People got shitty because they cast a black actress to play Hermione in it. Well, I don't really want to see the cursed child. Like, give me. All right, it's time for the Hogwarts 25th class reunion for that year. We'll sure. bring back. Well, we can't bring back the twins. We can bring back one of them. Oh. I went there, Potter oh. fans. I went there. I'm going to throw this candy at you. But uh, bring back Rupert and Emma and Daniel and do, I don't know what kind of a story you do, but there's got, clearly there's going to have to be some evil afoot that they have to battle, but maybe it shouldn't be about them. You know who they should get to direct it? J.J. Abrams. He did such a great job with the Star Wars uh, sequel trilogy. You know, there's no sarcasm in that, right? Because I enjoyed the Star Wars sequel trilogy. Oh, I was being 100% sarcastic. I When you look at what he did, this is franchises, this is what David wants, right? He took the familiar beats of A New Hope yes. and gave us a warm, comfy blanket that was just a little bit different from the say, security blanket of our childhood. I know. I, I'm not. I'm, it was one of those that you, you put it on. You're like, this almost reminds me of my security blanket as a kid. It's still warm and cozy. It's just a little different. That's, and that's exactly what I think they're going to do with the Harry Potter franchise. Is they're going to do something akin to that. Basically. I mean. I don't but hate I don't the idea. want that. It's like I don't hate the idea. 
I also feel like that's, and this isn't a shot at JJ or anybody because JJ's freaking brilliant most of the, from anything I've ever seen. It's no, and I'm not, and I'm not trying. I'm not actually trying to piss all over Star Wars. I was just, I was just making, I was just making an example of that's what, that's exactly what I think. It was new David char- Zaslav's thinking. It, is. it was. It was new characters with the same type of the beats, the same beats. Yeah. Right. If you know the story, the hero's journey that Luke goes on, you already know the journey Ray is going to go on. Right. Exactly. There might be a few different twists, turns, and this is and that, but once you find out who Vader is, you can predict who Kylo's going to be when you meet him. Without them ever, like, before they ever, like, in the previews, when they're showing out, oh, this bad guy, Kylo Ren. I'm like, oh, that's going to be Han's kid. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, but what I want them to, if they're going to do Harry Potter, if they want to expand the universe, you can bring back the original, like, they ended the movies with them sending their own kids off to Hogwarts. And that's what... Tell I, me the story about those kids, but don't make it about Voldemort. That's probably what's going to happen. There have been plenty of other evil fucking wizards. Yeah. There has to have been. So can it not be about a different evil wizard, but not a nameless one that who has a fucking no nose and That's, no horcrux? Is like come up with some different stuff. My my gripe overall is just the I don't like the mentality of let's just stick with the franchises that we know are making us money because. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same and getting the same result. I mean, it's complacency. It's just it's it's creatively stifling. I was about to say it's the death of creativity. That's my problem with it is, you know, you don't have you need you need to foster original IP that you can develop and, you know, use the franchises that make you money to fund building new franchises to make you money. Exactly. But you're not going to know what those are unless you take a fucking chance and try one. Cuz I mean, okay. For an example, just as an example, say say the Duffer brothers have brought Stranger Things to David Zaslav. Would he have produced that? Not a chance in hell. Not currently, no. <laughs> he w- yeah, exactly. It, like, I'm talking, like, before it's, you know, I'm talking, like, had he, they brought him their pilot script for you know, the show. You know, I'm wondering, because you know that that probably got shopped around before Netflix went, we'll do it. It had right. to have been. That idea could not have just been, like, we'll take this straight to Netflix, they'll pick it up. And may, I, I mean, I have Maybe, read, but... I might be wrong. I could look it up, but, you know, that takes more energy than anything. So who knows? Maybe David did have that opportunity, and he did exactly what you went and went, it's not Big Bang Theory. It's not Harry Potter. Fuck it. Right. Get it off my desk. Right, exactly. What's this 80s nostalgia? Bullshit. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. You'll, you'll never get something. You, If you just keep doing the same thing over and over, you don't leave any room for something like that to come along and become a breakout hit mm-hmm. that captivates millions of viewers yeah so he's looking at data of hbo max users which hbo max for the most part is i understand that he's looking at everything it has to exist on a server it takes up space that space does cost money it is digital royalty but you still have to have servers for all this content and if there's content sitting on those servers that nobody watches why is it there 
I get that on a money saving standpoint, as far as saving terabytes of space. If there, people aren't watching Captain America 1990, take it the fuck off of there. <laughs> right. And I think that's part of what he's looking at is the data of, all right, here's what everybody watches. Here's some people watch. Here's a bucket of stuff that nobody watches. It's been on the platform for two, three years now, and nobody has ever once clicked no on it. No one's ever once pressed play. So why do we waste our time with, why are we wasting digital realty on that? Now, I will, in his defense, I will say that he did, um, <clears throat> he, he did mention starting he, the possibility of them starting a streaming platform that is akin to like Tubi or Pluto or whatnot, where they take some of that content that maybe people don't watch as much and just kind of put it on there and, you know, just put ads with it or whatever. I'm not against that. Yeah. Because that's that's actually a smart that's a smart use of your time. Make it free, but add content, you know, like Tubi yeah. and Crackle and all those are. Yeah. Do that with that content. Don't just get rid of it completely and d- d- fucking nethers. No. Don't, you but, know, because I'm that's that's what I have a, that's what I have the problem with is Infinity Train is basically gone. Like, you know, the, a lot of those animated shows, they're just basically gone. Like, the only way to watch them is illegally. Yeah. Period. The, uh... I don't like that. The, the What I was going to say I don't ago, like that the gatekeepers can do that. That's... But that's, but that's where we are. That's the evil side of the gatekeeper coin. Yeah. The one thing I was going to say was, like, so he's looking at the HBO Max data, right? Is, is he not having people take a look at the streaming, the data? Because I mean, you can probably get the same type of viewership statistics on any other streaming platform. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's like proprietary knowledge. I think it's out there. If you really wanted it, you could find it. Because if you're going to look at Netflix's viewership, it's all original shit. Stranger Things, original IP. Mm-hmm. Um, sex Education, original IP. Like... There's all these shows that are really big on Netflix. Um, 13 Reasons Why. There are, but Netflix also has some things that are really big on it that are licensed from other places. Like, um, I think Supernatural is still on there, I would yes, assume. Yes, it is. Um, and then... Um, but that one, they just carried the viewers from syndication over to Netflix. They just kind of like, hey, this thing you guys like to watch TBS do marathons of... We got it with no commercials. Here you go. Basically, yes. Because Netflix understands this. Like I said, people have those shows that are comfort shows. They're comfort shows. Mine, as I think I've established, is Boy Meets World. I could just turn that on and or I'll new just. Girl. Or New Girl. <laughs> which. Calling uh, you out here for just one I, second. It, it, well, come on, man. I got. Okay. I, I watched the show because of Zoe Deschanel. I stayed because of Nick Miller, Jake Johnson's <laughs> character. Like the kid, the guy that plays Schmidt, okay, Schmidt's funny, but Schmidt's only funny in relation to grumpy ass Nick Miller. Hmm. Like, All right, kids, get your shot glasses out. Haven't, don't know, haven't seen it. Oh my God, <laughs> dude, it's a fun show. I've got the first season on DVD right there. I <laughs> know you do. I'm, I'm eventually going to watch it. i because it is on my list. Is a good. They're also doing a rewatch podcast. I think oh, Zoe, Zoe and some people are rewatching. I think it's uh, 
have to look it up. It might be Zoe and the actress that played her best friend Cece on it. They might that's be watching. That's what we need to do. We need to do a spinoff podcast and just make it a rewatch of just random shit. We can do that. We can do that with our commentaries. Nobody asked for. Because we can do that with movies. That could can... just be our spinoff commentaries. Nobody asked for, and we could just watch whatever. Watch whatever. Yeah. I mean, I've got this really cool receiver down here now. I just upgraded my satellite TV equipment. It gives me, uh, granted, I have to have the accounts, but I can log into any streaming service from it without having to switch inputs and choose which one or stream from my phone. You fucking nerd. I love you. I love it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a new thing. I'm helping I'm helping beta test it, so I can't really go into too much details. Like, I think the features are out there. You can log on to the Google Play Store. And so instead of having to log out of my satellite TV box and change my input over to the Netflix tab on the TV or the Disney plus tab or pull it up on my phone and put cast to device. Right. I just can do it all from that main one menu. I don't have to go out of I'm lazy. So (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say, you're basically one. you're just basically one step away from having a Roku television. And essentially that's, I think that's what they're doing is they're trying to find a way to keep satellite TV relevant while also giving you access to be able to just, hey, you want to watch all your streaming stuff too. Let's here's a hub to do it all from. And right. you can still watch satellite TV. That this whole sec bit might get cut out just because I don't need anyone thinking I'm advertising or spilling trade secrets. Uh he's not. But no, the real bragging slightly, yes. Yes. Advertising. So, yeah, so new not girl, really. new girl's a comfort show. Boy Meets World is definitely one of my comfort shows. Uh, I've got movies that are the same way, like any Kevin Smith title. Yeah, yeah. I'll put on. Um, Obviously, my comfort movies are Marvel movies. Shit, fucking the, <laughs> the Pirates movies. You know, I still haven't watched four and five. That's fine. The Two first, more shots. Sorry. The first three are really good. Four or five. They're good in their own merit. I, the fifth one, especially because I think they circle back and they bring back Orlando and you get a bit more about him now as he's the Dutchman's captain. Interesting. So it's I keep saying that I want to have marathons of of things and I just never do because, I, you know, time again, who the fuck has the time? Like I at some point, I like I've only seen the first three Transformers films and I still want to watch the last two. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm just going to watch all of them back to back just to see how just to see how it shakes out. Good thing is Bumblebee's separate. You can watch it by itself because it's almost like... Oh, shit, I forgot. Bumblebee 6. So but six Bumblebee, but Bumblebee takes place before the first ones. But it also, continuity-wise, seems like it's a reboot, prequel reboot. Well, what I'll probably end up doing is I'll watch Transformers 1 through 5 and then watch Bumblebee as an afterthought. Yeah, because Bumblebee, you'll, you'll be able to see how Bumblebee does not really fit in continuity-wise. But At um, least from what I remember. I will say Haley Steinfeld's in that. Um, Kate Bishop. Yeah, no, she's great. Oh, my God, the movie's great. I saw some guy on the internet bitching about that. It's like, well, you just take a movie that had a female lead and you passed a woman in it and the She-Hulk shit and just then have her do all the exact same things a male did. I'm like, man, dude, I'm sorry somebody hurt you and you don't believe that there are strong female characters that can... Why do people hate female characters? Fuck you. <laughs> I don't understand this bullshit. Because, <laughs> you know, they say toxic masculinity. I think it's also fragile masculinity. We're just we're just intimidated by females being stronger than us, which, hey. I grew up on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm used to women being stronger than me. I'm okay with it. Uh, have you witnessed somebody give birth? Yeah. I, I couldn't I'm, do that. Yeah, right. And then walk away. <laughs> 
Huh, here's a joke for you. What's the definition of macho? Jogging home from your own vasectomy. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Wow. I apologize for that one. Terrible joke. Blues Brothers is another comfort movie for me. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. I feel like this should be a whole cat like podcast topic on its own. It's comfort. We'll have our comfort. We'll we'll come up with a list of that for another time. That's a good idea because I can't really think of what mine are specifically off the top of my head. I will. I'll. I'll. I'll try to think of that. Come up with a list of what my comfort movies and shows are. We'll we'll delve into that next time. In the meantime, he I did do homework. Apparently, I did do some homework. Oh man, my phone is about dead. Um. Okay. Well, we're gonna have to read this fast then. <laughs> is it USB C? Huh? Yeah, your charger. Oh, I have no idea. Let me uh, let me take a peek at it and see what I can do. This little guy. Oh, it might be. Uh, do you fit? Oh yeah, there's that. There's that sweet, sweet energy. I saw an ad for some chargers. That right here, where the charger goes into your phone, is a dog, and it humps while it charges. It just humps your phone while it charges. Why would you want that? I don't know why, but it exists. So I felt like I should share it. Okay, that's fair. All right. Facebook so, ads. I don't know why that was part of the algorithm. First of all, I before I get into the homework, I would like to I would like to state for the record that I was really 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 hoping that I would win that two billion dollar Powerball because you don't live in California because that's apparently who won it. Shit. Yeah, I didn't even win. I didn't even win like a couple bucks. They they were just they were just like they looked at my ticket like nope. And there's a Casey's down the road from my work, and I went in there to get some drinks or something. And they were talking about, like, oh, are you going to hit the Powerball? She's like, if somebody does not win it tonight, I'm not coming into work until somebody does. Because <laughs> apparently it's been just stupid. It's about like when the... Uh, it was ridiculous. It's like when the West Side Nut Club's half pot hits, like, a million dollars. It just, was... it. I mean, it was, it was almost $2 billion, whoever won it. It's fucking insane. But anyway, here is what I want to do with that $2 billion. Granted, it wouldn't have actually been $2 billion, but I was going to snatch up all of those animators that WB just unceremoniously dropped like a bad habit, and I was going to have them come work for us and animate the shit that we talk about on our podcasts. In particular, I think the animated adventures of Brad Wayne would have gone really well as as a as a YouTube sensation. Mm-hmm. And, little, and the Make-A-Wish shorts. The Make-A-Wish shorts would have been hilarious. Because I was thinking about that just now. Like, you wouldn't need to do, like, an entire half-hour episode. Maybe the first one of establishing the villain Wrangler would be about a good 30 minutes. But beyond that, it should just be shorts. Little, like, 10, 5, 10-minute 10 shorts of them meeting the kids. I'm actually thinking about trying to write scripts for those. <laughs> just Just to see if I can do it. I mean, why not? This month is Nano Reno month. Why the fuck not? Yeah, it is. Oh, but I haven't even started. Um, I'm probably not gonna. I never do. <laughs> I've got one. Where's that? Right there. But if you enjoy, if you'd enjoyed that, you're gonna enjoy this too. I found a new writing prompt on um on our good buddy Reddit. <laughs> you're gonna like this one. I sent this to you, but I don't know if you actually ended up reading it. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with this. Give you the. Give you the. Um. What I'm going to start with the original prompt, what the person actually came up with, and then I'm going to share a little story with you because this is it all ties in. It's all kind of relevant. OK, here's the writing prompt. Your supervillain nemesis is little more than goofy comedy relief 
always coming up with clunky machines and insane, nonsensical schemes. When a new dangerous villain appeared, your nemesis utterly destroyed them and then continued on like nothing happened. Now, here's what someone wrote <clears throat> for this, which was fantastic, by the way. Uh, the original writing prompt was, You Really Good Be? And this comes from a person called Mini Ray. I burst through the wall of the lair. In the main hall, Dr. Destructo sat on her ornate throne. Ah, Mr. Perfect, she cooed. What an unexpected surprise. I quickly scanned the room with my x-ray vision. This where you say something like, good thing I have one for you, and activate the subsonic pressure field to immobilize me? Oh no, she raised her hand to her forehead, feigning defeat. Gosh, you already figured out my plan. Guess you'll just have to come over here and... What, get captured by the laser grid? I raised an eyebrow. I'm just here to talk to Linda. Linda? At this point, I wasn't sure if it was mockery or actual anger. Maybe both. I thought we were professionals, Steve. She rolled her eyes with a sigh. Talk about what? Those weapons you used on Earthbreaker. Those were... new. Ah, not really. I've had them for a while, just collecting dust. Nice to be able to use them, though, she smiled innocently. For a while? I paused for a moment. You're lying. Have I ever really lied to you? She smiled mischievously. Sure, a few misleads here and there, but I've never outright lied. It ruins the fun. I, I, I was at a loss for words. Earthbreaker's DNA was similar to my own, immune to most forms of damage except a specific radioactive isotope. And those killbots were infinitely more dangerous than anything she had used before. The realization hit me hard. I scanned the room again, but everything seemed on par with her regular antics. Linda, I... I don't understand. What do you want me to say, Steve? That I could have killed you a dozen times over if I felt like it? Does that frighten you? Make the all-powerful Mr. Perfect shiver in his boots? Why... why haven't you? I finally managed to say. With tech like that, you could actually destroy the League of Heroes and take over the world. She sighed. Why are the pretty ones always so dumb? <laughs> it's because of Earthbreaker. There are villains and monsters out there so unfathomably violent and destructive. The last thing the world needs is more dead heroes. She rose from her throne. Especially Mr. Perfect. You've saved who knows how many people, and not just that, you are a genuinely good person. You regularly volunteer for ordinary jobs like shelters or kitchens. Hell, at this point, it's probably safe to say you spend as much time at children's hospitals as you do flying around doing hero work. She was walking towards me while she monologued. I noticed something in her hand. A remote? So what? That's why I do what I do. I'm a joke. A spectacle. My robots are big and clunky. They destroy vacant buildings and junker cars. Nobody really gets hurt. The few times I've put something actually dangerous on the streets, I've always made sure there was a hero close enough to get there in time, heroically swooping in and tearing robots to scrap while everyone looks on with smiles and cheers. If it was always world-ending threats, there wouldn't be smiles or laughter or hope. She stopped a few feet away from me. And that's not a world worth saving, is it? I shook my head. Why don't you just join us then? Be a part of the League. <sighs> Boring. I'd automate everything and you lot would be out of a job. I'm a super genius, you know? I need to keep my brain moving. 
making silly gadgets and gizmos, coming up with overly complicated plans that ultimately have little impact, or things just completely absurd. Remember when I stole an ice cream factory by building giant legs to simply walk it away? That was a fun challenge. Harder than you think. Wait, is that why you helped Dino Lad? She laughed. <laughs> Everybody loves chocolate. I can't believe the first person to try and stop the runaway ice cream factory happened to have a chocolate allergy. I built a big, silly chocolate spray gun, thinking how funny you'd all look. But the moment I realized something was wrong with him, I kidnapped him to get him fixed up. I mean, a chocolate allergy bringing down a superhero like that? That's completely unheard of. <laughs> there was a moment of silence between the two of us. It was like I was seeing her for the first time. No longer was she this annoying, hopeless villain vying for fame and attention. She was a genius. But more importantly, she was kind. Of all the ridiculous gadgets and gizmos, all of it was theater, entertainment. For the first time, I felt a deep respect for her. And so that must mean that the remote... I smiled at her, resuming the Mr. Perfect persona. You think I didn't notice the button in your hand? Oh, this, she smiled. I'm afraid it's much too late for you, Mr. Perfect. The machines and the walls were obvious. Decoys. And now I must make my escape. She pressed the button. The floor behind her opened up, revealing a vehicle waiting for her in some sort of underground tunnel. Killbots! Make Mr. Perfect feel at home. She leapt backwards, landing perfectly in her getaway capsule as dozens of the big clunky killbots lumbered into the room. Goodbye, Mr. Perfect, for the last time. The capsule closed over her before the vehicle launched down the tunnel. For a moment, I thought I saw her wink at me, but she was gone too quickly for me to really tell. The killbots drew closer. They were the standard model, big, clunky, noisy, no trace of the advanced tech she had used on Earthbreaker. A screen behind the throne suddenly flickered to life with a countdown timer. The base was set to self-destruct. I couldn't help but smile. Neither the killbots or the explosion would really be able to harm me. We both knew that. But like she said, that had never been the point. And so I smashed through the waves of killbots, bursting through the ceiling just as the base exploded, flying high into the sky. To my surprise, the airspace was already filled with news helicopters. Mr. Perfect destroys secret base of Dr. Destructo would read the headlines for the next few days. And from that day on, when the League would groan and draw straws to determine who would shut down her ridiculous antics, I would always volunteer. <laughs> First of all, kudos to whoever came up with that prompt and also whoever came and also to the person that wrote that. Yeah, because that's brilliant. That is good. That is um, that is hilarious. I love that because it's the villain who's not a villain, but they understand that. For there to be heroes, you have to have a villain. But yep. you also have to have, like we, we talked about with the villain ring, like the checks and balances. Like there, have, there has to be the villains who are like, oh no, this is far worse than ever I can be. We got to take it down now. Right. So all the goofy shit can still be done and these heroes can still be heroes and not, you know, fucking die. <laughs> right. And <clears throat> it reminded me of, this was back when I was... I just left college, and I'm going to give credit where credit's due. This is the one time I'm actually going to drop a real name on this podcast just because I don't want to take anything away from him. I just want to explain this whole this whole thing. Um, my buddy, Mike Finkelstein, 
uh, he had had this idea kicking around for a comic series. Well, a comic series could be a TV series, could be a number of things. And to be fair, I don't even, he may have gotten it off the ground by now. I don't know. I've kind of lost touch with him. I still talk to his ex-wife on occasion, but I haven't really asked her, if, you know, if she knows anything about if he'd ever gotten this off the ground or not. But we, um, he had an idea called The Follower. And what it was, was it was a, <clears throat> it started out with the the pilot episode, because we, we already had a, quite a bit of it mapped out, actually. We just needed, we just needed people to actually sit down and write scripts for particular episodes. But the very first episode you get is, um, I believe, I believe our hero was called Etiquette Man. And, <laughs> and the, um, the follower was basically his sidekick. And so Etiquette Man at the beginning of this episode has just finished putting the last of the supervillains in like, you know, basically their version of Arkham Asylum, jail, whatever. Right. And so at the press conference, all of a sudden, you know, he's, you know, he's giving, you know, he's thanking everybody for their support and everything. And all of a sudden he does a 180 and and says, and now that I've, now that I've captured all these supervillains, I have something to tell you. I'm going to rob all of your banks. And it, so he basically turns around and becomes, he, he has basically put all these villains in jail so that he could become the supreme villain of that city. Uh, and so now his sidekick, the follower, has to step in and become the fucking hero to try to stop him. It sounds like with a with a ragtag team of with a ragtag team of you know friends that he picks up along the way. Without without it's it's very similar. I'm gonna say parallel, like in vain to Megamind. Kind of, sort of, yeah. This and the only reason I remember that was we just watched this, it a few days ago. This was before this was before Megamind was ever. A thing. Well, yeah, I so, gather that, but it's but, just it's funny how there's people that, like the great minds think alike. Like you'll you'll come up yeah. with an idea. Somebody else out there has an idea that's similar, but the way you approach it is very is different. very different. Their idea was all right. A hero wants to stop being a hero, fakes his own death. The villain takes over the city. Gets bored, has to create a new hero to fight. Yeah. That hero becomes a villain. So then the villain has to become the hero. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it gets convoluted like that. Yeah. And so. So, yeah, we had our we had our little ragtag group of we had our like the whole first season is him basically trying to build a coalition of of helpers to help him try to take down Etiquette Man and, you know, stop his stop his villainy. And so, yeah, we had I. Apathy Man, who was a who was the lead singer of uh, in a '90s grunge band. Of course he was. Yeah, um, we had I can't remember who all the other who all the other uh, players were, but there was one person called the Temp. And basically, <laughs> they had hired they they were overwhelmed with paperwork. Him and Apathy Man, and so they needed a Temp to help them organize and everything. And she just ends up becoming so useful that you know she becomes a permanent fixture. But yet their nick, <laughs> but yet their name the is the temp. Yeah. So it was filled with a lot of stupid humor like that, right? That's another thing our H three U studios would animate if we oh, had the money. Absolutely, we would. <laughs> because I'm, I'm sure I've still got the outline for the for the seasons and the script somewhere because we had entire arcs built around this because we'd had brains we had brainstorming sessions. 
the ones that I remember were, I remember very specifically that pilot episode because you had to have that happen in order to get the ball rolling on this. So Etiquette Man is like the supervillain for the first season. And I think they stop him at the end of the first season from doing whatever he was going to do. But then he like, he goes, he like he's captured, but he's not really captured. Like he, he kind of slinks off and like is gone for like the first, for the next couple seasons. The second season we introduced a villain called the enemy. Like that was, that was, that was their nickname was the enemy. Like they were, they were the big bad. And so they work, they work tirelessly to defeat the enemy and kick her out of town. It's a her. <clears throat> um, Cause we wanted a female villain and she gets kicked out of town and we ended up having a spinoff of her where she leaves that town and she goes to a new town. And what happens is she goes to that town to become a supervillain. But all the supervillains that town, there's so many of them. That's where they all go. Yeah. And so <laughs> and so she's like, well, I can't be a supervillain if all these other supervillains are in my fucking way. So it's she, like Albuquerque. It's where they all just kind of witness relocate to. Yeah. But the problem is, you know, there's so many supervillains in this town. She can't be the king supervillain. So she has to start taking down these supervillains in order to become these, super, which makes her a hero. Mr. The hero. Yeah. So the enemy becomes the hero of their own show. Oddly but still enough. never changes her name. No. Still the enemy. Still the enemy. This day spin it till she's the enemy of the enemy. But but the um but the part that reminded me of this was there is a scene in I think the clo I think it's the closing part of because we were gonna bring Etiquette Man back for season four as the big bad. And the reason we do that is because at the at the end of season three they fall just short of stopping the big bad. And the person that stops the big bad is etiquette, man. They just come in and point blank, shoot them like just cold, no remorse whatsoever. Just showing you that they really are a fucking calculated ass villain. Yeah. And like, they, like they are hell bent on, they are hell bent on taking back their position. It's one of those, bam, you're welcome. He just leaves. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not, it's even, not it's he's not got even, to be mannerly. He has etiquette. You're welcome. Okay, <laughs> but I don't. I don't remember us doing it like that. It was more of a very in cold blood. Yeah. Type oh thing. yeah, it totally was. But then a very cold, very stale, stone faced. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. And then just leaves. Like I did what I came to do. I saved yeah. the day. And did, and then just and them just in utter shock, realizing, oh fuck, we have to deal with this. Like, this, this dude's not going to be pulling punches now. Nope. Like, they are not fucking around. Yeah, so that we liked the idea, and we had... The, um, I know my... I know... I'm pretty sure our friend Mab, I'm sure she did artwork of the characters, but I don't have I don't have that at my disposal. But I remember we did sit down... We we specifically came up with... We, we came up with a few episodes in particular for the first season and arcs. For that season and we had we had the arcs in we had the arcs in mind that we wanted to set in motion because we wanted to go we wanted to go five seasons with the original and then we didn't know how how far with the with the enemies spinoff at least two or three but there's <laughs> there was one there's one of them that i was gonna there was one of them that i was tasked to write and i remember the the villains the villains in it um they run into them and it's they're basically like elemental villains. They're like, 
I'm Earth, I'm Wind, and I'm Fire. And the heroes just bust out laughing, and then and they start singing Earth, Wind, and Fire songs very badly at them. And and the elementals they just they just finally give up and just walk off. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> but yeah, it was just it was filled with nonsense like that. <laughs> Another joke would have been like, oh, you guys are two members away from Captain Planet. <laughs> that would have been a good one. Where's too. Heart? Where's Heart? <laughs> Start calling the Fire Elemental Wheeler. He's like, what? I don't understand this. <laughs> yeah, I still remember the name of the character that had the fire ring in Captain Planet. His name was Wheeler. <laughs> but yeah. Hitting so on the Russian chick. I'm sure I've got that somewhere in all my big stack of writing shit at home. I know Saturday Night Live did the skits with Don Cheadle as Captain Planet, but where is that movie? Oh, I'd watch the fuck out of that. Well, give me a live action, like, you know. I And I want Don Cheadle to play it. Oh, God. I know his his version of Captain Planet wouldn't work in a movie. Not with him being the hero. <laughs> he'd, be good, he'd be good Captain Pollution if he wanted to be the villain. Um, give me a Captain Planet movie. You know, though, that the... Uh, the people who are all like this, retard all this woke bullshit. The second you put out a Captain Planet movie, man, they would be shitting all over it just from the get go. Oh yeah, they fire... Captain Planet black. No, yeah. not even that. It's just like, oh, look at all this environmentally sound, and this is all propaganda. Bitch, did you not watch Captain Planet as a kid? Of course, it's environmentally prop. It's environmental propaganda. Yeah, it absolutely was. But that was pre woke bullshit. And has not been part of the radar for a while. So you try to bring it back. And now the way the internet is, now they look at it through that lens. And oh, just... everything's woke bullshit, according to the internet. douchebags on the internet. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just... <clears throat> but we really we really loved that idea. We really liked that idea of, of you know, juxtaposing hero-villain-esque. You know, kind of like... I don't want to say like the Watchmen because obviously Watchmen did it far better than we were ever going to, but, and the boys, I'm sure I'm sure the boys does it really well, but I just, I like that idea of the villain. The villain really has been deadly this whole time and they've just been pulling their punches and you don't realize it until, Oh shit. <laughs> you know, I like that notion. Well, yeah, because if you think about it from, like, we've talked about with the villains who aren't, they're not actually villains. If you flip the perspective, the villains are the hero. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at it that way, heroes don't kill people. Even right. if they're the heroes of their own story, they're probably not going to be dead set on murder. I right. mean, there are some who are, but I think they also acknowledge that I'm the villain. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're... I might be the hero of my own story, but think, I'm the villain to, to everybody else. To be, to be fair, I don't think the Joker would ever acknowledge himself as a hero. No, absolutely his, not. Even in his own story. No. <laughs> but, like, yeah, they have the villain who'd be like, oh, I could have killed you all easily, like, day one. But what would the point be? Right. See, that would be more the Joker, Emma. That would be more of his Emma. Yeah, but any, uh, even Luther, granted Luther wants to get rid of Superman, but does he? Does he really want to kill Superman? Or does he just want to get close enough to where people will then put him on a pedestal with Superman. Exactly. Like, Luther's got an ego. Yeah. And that he's more worried about looking good as Metropolis's favorite son. Right. Not this alien. But yeah, yeah. That's, I think that'd be a good, like the whole idea of like, Oh, I could, I could have like killed y'all like bubble, like the Riddler. 
It'd be a great conversation to have him. Like one day, Bruce walks into the mansion, and uh, Nigma's just sitting there. Yeah, the Alfred's chair. like, "Sir, you have a visitor. Where's he at? Uh, he's he's helping himself in the library, sir." Okay, walks in and there's Nigma just leafing through some books. What are you doing here? Oh, I thought we could talk when neither of us are in costume. And Bruce is like, what? What do you mean? He's like, oh, I've known it was you since the day Batman appeared in Gotham. Right. It doesn't take. Prodigal son returns to Gotham two weeks later. Masked vigilante takes down. Come on. (laughs) It's not rocket science here, Bruce. Yeah, come on. (laughs) And the car, all that tech. Man, that's got to be expensive. Hmm. Hmm. Who's got that money? Who hasn't been in Gotham except for, well, couple weeks ago is when he first got huh it's like it's not hard to connect the dots bruce and really take a couple of satellite images of this property like oh there's a cave system underneath it hmm i'm like i'm not stupid (laughs) (laughs) riddler's in fact kind of insulted he's like really do you think i'm that dumb yeah really (laughs) come on like i give you a bit more credit than you apparently you give me (laughs) because that's like like well what are you here oh i'm here to prove a point that any step along our journey so far together, I could have taken you out. Just, just letting you know. Just letting you know. Because, but you have to ask yourself why. I asked myself, I, I could do it, but what would be the point? What would I accomplish? And that is the ultimate riddle. Because in the, yeah, that, because the, from the Riddler's mind, it's the same idea as what you were talking about with like the follower and all this is like, the Riddler would be like, all right, if we get rid of Batman... There's nobody to stop the Joker. I'd have to. There's nobody to stop these people. I'd have to. Right. And I don't want to. <laughs> and I don't want to do that. <laughs> the Riddler's like, that's not me. My God, you're right. It is a conversation the Riddler would have. It is absolutely a conversation he would have. And it'd be like, I'm allowing you to continue to be Batman because I don't want to be Batman. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I will let you continue I- to train your young wards wherever you keep finding them. To fight crime in other cities because I don't want to. <laughs> like, like, dude, you fought me. You know that I hate I hate getting the shit beat out of me. Yeah, you right. Get... Like, I'm not, I'm not going to go toe-to-toe with the Joker. Like, that's... that's why I hide behind riddles. I do little booby traps and mind games and stuff. See... I'm a good safe distance away from the fallout. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to take on Bane. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Hell with that nonsense getting your back broken. You're Fuck like, you. You're like, and I'm not going to let Selena hit me with whip. Okay, I might let Selena hit me with the whips, but that's a whole different conversation. That's a very different conversation. <laughs> yeah, like, come on. Man Bat, Killer Croc. Like, no, no, these are, you can continue nope. getting yourself beat, bruised, and scarred. Yep, you can have that shit. Because uh, I, I want no part of that. Because that is absolutely, our Riddler would be conceited enough to think that I'd have to stop them because nobody else would have the mental capacity to do so. Right. But he's also self-aware to know that I, I don't want to. But oh, yeah. No. Because <laughs> oh, being a hero <laughs> is beneath him. Especially the Joker. He would not want to have to fuck with the Joker. No, he doesn't like to interact with the Joker any more than he necessarily has to. Oh, absolutely not. Luther's like, all right, guys, Legion of Doom meeting. He's like, is Joker going to be there? Yes, I, uh, I got a thing. I got a thing. Sorry. You're supposed to attend X amount of these a year. Will you let me know the ones Joker's not attending? And I will attend those. Because. <laughs> right. I get. 
And especially the points about, like, you want to fight Bane? Fucking go ahead. <laughs> no, not, not me. You want to fight Killer Croc in the sewers and get nope. bit? Go for it. You want to take on King Shark? You want to nope. s- continue no. base jumping off of Gotham skyscrapers, landing on tra- cars and traffic? I- Have at it. Your knees and knee surgeries and hip replacements, you're, you got the money. You can cover that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Some of us are uninsured. <laughs> <laughs> Like, there are a few select people that the Riddler knows he could tackle if he had to. Like, like he th- he he figures he could probably reason with the Penguin. He could probably reason with Ivy. Ivy. If you catch Harley in a very good moment, he could have a really good in- intelligent conversation and talk her down. Because Harley's not stupid. Right. He... And I think Riddler would appreciate and respect that part of her. Like, the fact that, one thing, if he could talk her down and talk sense into her... And that would also be a dig at the Joker, which right. would be worth it. Oh, absolutely. But he's also he's aware that, oh, she's broken. Her mind is broken, and that's Joker's. It's not her fault. Right. That she's sometimes a little batty. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Um, he probably wouldn't be able to... He might entertain trying to talk to Talia, but not... He would talk to her via, like, Google Meets. Not not within the same room. <laughs> right. As Talia al Ghul. No, not at all. He would absolutely dread having to fuck with Raish. Oh, God, yeah. Nobody wants to do that. No, no, that's why he's talking to Talia. He's like, you're sensible. Your dad's not. <laughs> yeah. Can you please talk some sense to your dad? Can you this... tell your dad to leave Gotham the fuck alone? Go to Metropolis. It's brighter. <laughs> Their hero has a messiah complex. Clearly needs to be taken down. He would, depending on depending on which way the coin flips, he could probably talk to Two-Face. At the very least, he could possibly best him in combat if he had to. If he had to, yeah. If he absolutely had to. He might be able to outdraw. They'd, bo- they'd both use guns. They'd both be just like fucking high noon standoff. Yeah. <laughs> He'd... He'd probably be able to... And again, it, if it came down to... If it came down to... A, a shooting match, he could take Penguin. Yeah. But he knows it wouldn't come to that because he can... Oswald would be more sensible than that. He could probably reason with Freeze. Yes. But I feel like that conversation, Riddler would end up coming around to Freeze's point of view. Possibly. I think that would... I think because Freeze is also, you know, he's a doctor. Yep. He's going to have everything... This is going to be another horrible pun, but Freeze is going to look at everything with cold logic. Yeah, uh, yep. That's what I was going to say, too, ironically. I, and, and, <laughs> cold calculating cold logic. Cold calculating logic. And Riddler understands and respects that. Yep. Because if you look at riddles with cold calculating logic, the answers are obvious. And that's why he's always... So basically what we're saying is the Riddler could be Batman if he absolutely wanted to, but he just doesn't? Yeah, basically. Goddamn. Because again, we talk about that that crossroad moment, right? Yeah. Nobody was there to keep Riddler from going down the path of the villain. True. One moment, one little moment would have kept Enigma could have gone the other way. And he could be. He could be the brains behind the Batman. Like He could be completely like he could be the detective like. Oh, easily. He could he could do all the forensics crap that he wouldn't even need a bat computer to do it. Unless he's really wanting to like project fucking fingerprints and shit up onto a screen. He could, he's, his, <laughs> Riddler could calculate and do all that crap himself. Yeah, he could. 
What would he do about Clayface, you think? That would be somebody you'd have to really... Erdler would know that you'd have to stoke that ego to the point where you'd win him to your side. Yeah, right? because you can't physically overpower him. No, but you're like, all right, if I'm going to be the hero here, the brain's behind it. Somebody's got to do the physicality part because I'm not going to fight Bane. Right. You can turn into anything and anyone. If anyone here is going to have a chance It'd at taking you. on Bane, it's going to be Clayface. That's true. And you can do it as whoever you want. You want to go beat Bane as Superman? Here's your chance. <laughs> it's a chance to do the performance of a lifetime. The only problem is Clayface doesn't really have any superpowers other than morphing. I, th I feel like the stuff that he morphs into has that mass, though. Like, if he's going to hit you with this giant sledgehammer thing, it's going to be hard. Well, yeah, but it, it's not going to, like, like, say he morphs into Superman. He's not going to have powers. He's Superman's not going to have Superman's powers. No. Yeah, he's going to hit you hard, but I I actually think Bane would win that fight just he, because of the fucking Venom. Could you, no, could you see that, though? He picks up, let's say he decides, I am going to be Batman. Bane picks up Batman to break him over his leg, and he just, and it's just, just and cuts it's him Clayface, in half. Clayface just, yeah. <laughs> and then Bane's like, oh, God. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh it's everywhere. It's, God. it's on me. Why are my pants soggy? Like, <laughs> and Clayface just reaches up, pulls out the tubes. Yeah, see? The, the top half of him with the arms? Bam. See, Riddler goes, see? <laughs> you know what? You're we're onto something. I think we're onto something. I like this. I like this other this Elseworlds Riddler as Batman <laughs> idea. The Riddler as the as the crime fighter. That would be hilarious. Him and him and Clayface. I want to animate this now. I yeah, right? And Alan Tudyk is the voice of Clayface again. Hell yes. And we'll keep John Glover as Riddler, because I can't think of a better one. That. That's I've now, had that. I had the idea, the Riddler idea I told you about with him where he gets Alzheimer's. Yeah. I've told that story on here before. I had another version and it was, they kind of tried to do it in the Batman, but they did it with Joker. And I think I've mentioned it on here before is you flip that. It's not the Joker is Hannibal Lecter to help you get the insight into whatever villain you're chasing. Down. It's Riddler. Mm -hmm. That's the one. If Batman is going to go to Arkham Asylum and give somebody a file and you tell me your thoughts on this guy. He's going, he's to, going to go to Enigma. Yeah, he's going to go with Enigma. He's not going to go to Joker because Joker is going to give you his thoughts. Is he? Or is he going to just tell you a bunch of bullshit? Yeah, Joker's a big bag of crazy. Who knows <laughs> what the fuck he's telling you? Yeah, he can be telling. Right. When, you, when you really think about that scene, that really doesn't make any goddamn sense, does no, it? No, it doesn't. The whole, he should be. It should be the other way around. You should have saved that. That moment should have been the next movie when the Joker's running amok and you go to Paul Dano's Riddler. I guess in a way it's good that that scene got cut. Yeah. That's because I really didn't think about how much that makes zero it sense. It makes zero sense. Yes, the Joker might have an ego and want you to, oh, look, he wants me to talk. Yeah, he's just going to talk, though. Yeah, exactly. He's he's not going to give you anything useful. He barely, he doesn't even tell you his origin story the same way twice. No. Why would he do that? But no, Riddler, I, I, would, I think there, and there probably has been a story where they've done that. Because there's so many Batman comics and continuities and stories out there that I can't keep track of. Oh, yeah, sure. And I'm sure after this, I'll look it up and someone will have done something similar where Batman's like, has to break Riddler out of Arkham because he needs Riddler's help solving some Zodiac killer type shit. 
I don't think he'd break him out of Arkham. He would just go to Arkham and be like, and do the same thing, like you said, and from that from that extended scene, he'd be like, okay, listen. Yeah, but I also feel I'll like level with you. Riddler would also be like, yeah, but I kind of need to, I need to see the crime scenes. Like these photos, that's great. Here's one frame, here's a frame. I need to see the 360. I need to stand in that room and that- assess, because you guys, are, you've got Gotham City Police are taking photos of what they think is relevant. They're missing the relevant shit. I don't think Batman would break him out of Arkham. I think Batman, well, Batman doesn't really work within the Gotham PD. He, he would probably ask Gordon, hey, Gordon, I need to get Enigma out to help. And Gordon would be like, that's too dangerous. And then Batman would be like, well, I tried to do it the right way. <laughs> Yoink. <laughs> yeah. I, and maybe Gordon knew that that was what the root because Gordon has to have plausible deniability. He can't just say, yeah, I told Batman to he could take Edward Nygma out on a fucking day pass from Arkham Asylum. No, I told him no. And then he broke him out like (laughs) plausible deniability. Poor Gordon. He's always in a rock and a hard place with fucking Batman. And it's I'm going to keep I'm going to keep what Jeffrey, right? Jeffrey, right. I'm going to keep him as Gordon for this. Yeah. (laughs) because <laughs> i liked that gordon even in the batman like he's just he's already exhausted <laughs> kind of he's yeah. already tired <laughs> and then you know when you think about it <laughs> his, 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 it's it's fucking gordon oh i would love that give me that give me danny glover as gordon give me mel gibson as bullock <laughs> that, would, that would actually be pretty accurate you give me a dc show if they're gonna do the because, penguin show because mel, the- mel gibson would be the because bullock is always hot-headed and full of fucking yeah yeah you're you're right that, you're on to something here i think that's yeah give me get the weapon crossed with crossed with gotham with pd gotham, i love it gotham weapon <laughs> yeah because that that'd be great because it, it, it would be that moment where like they solve the murder they save the last victim or whatever and you get whenever he drops riddler off back in gotham or in arkham because that's what's going to happen and riddler knows that that there's a few times riddler might try to like get away but then he, bruce lets him like let's let him make five steps to where i'm going to let him escape the puzzle riddler will not he will not he, leave. He can't leave a fucking uh-uh. puzzle. Like he gets, he's like out the door, ready to go. And Bruce didn't even chase him. And he really was like, stops the door. And he's like, you're not chasing me, are you? No. You want to go? Free to go. But if I don't stay, you're not going to solve this in time. And that person's going to die. I like it. And you know that. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. I, I love this. I love everything about this. So Riddler stays and he ends up getting put back in his cell. But at the end, like when he's leaving, he's like, hey, Batman, you know something? Today, it felt pretty good. I'm just leave it at that. Yeah, you're right. That's like, the perfect. I, I got to be a good guy for a day. And you know what? I know why you do it. I get it. I think you're fucking stupid. But, but I, get I get it. it. <laughs> yeah, I'm. This is, I love this. I, I want a whole movie of this. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if if, uh, if James Gunn would like to 
That you're right. That should be this. That should be the sequel to the Batman. That should be this next movie. Yeah, and especially maybe not even the sequel. Sequel. Like, give me make it make it number three. Put some time in between it. So we've sure. had we've had some time of Riddler breaking out, doing more shit, getting put back in, breaking out, doing. Have that. We've already established that he's the villain. And then there's a. I I would say. I think your Vic, your your killer you do is Zaz, because they haven't really done him in the Gotham show, they haven't done him in a movie, and Victor Zaz is a serial killer. Whoever no, they, they, no, he was in Birds of Prey. Well, yeah, he was in Birds of Prey, but that was like what five people watched that. How dare you! First of all, so, I thought you were talking about no, I'm talking about the uh, the TV show. You're talking about the movie. Yes. Did they actually do? They didn't do full on Victor Zaz though, like. He was a character in it, but it wasn't. Yeah, he was the black. Ma- he was basically Black Mask's henchman, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, because he was in Gotham, and the actor that played him was really good too in Gotham. But I think they should do a full on, like almost Zodiac type killer thing, because Zaz with you know tally marks mm-hmm. of his victims. Yep. And that way, you can say this is victim number blah blah blah. Whatever, victim number 32. Like, I don't know. That's 30. how you started out. Gordon's like, this is victim number 30. And, and again, like you said, he's like, he's like uh, fucking Murtaugh. He's like, I'm over this shit. More, I'm already exhausted. I've not slept in. How long has Batman been in Gotham? I've not slept in eight years. <laughs> <laughs> Poor bastard. But yeah, that would be. You do that. Give it's a, And it's got to be kind of the same idea of like what they did with. Well, they kind of already did the Zodiac thing with Riddler in the Batman. Right. Um, but solving that puzzle, solving the murder with the clues, make it very much a detective story. But it's just too much for Batman to process just by himself. You need to have a great mind. And Riddler's not an idiot. Because you're going to want, you're like, all right, none of these pieces go together. They don't, none of these pieces seem to go together. Like Batman's just hitting a mental roadblock and he just can't break it. Yeah, he's got, he's like, he's got that board and there's no yarn attaching points to each other. Like, he's like, where do these connect? I don't get it. It's like, there's no common thread to connect them to. So, hey, Riddler, you like puzzles? Here's a bunch of pieces. Tell me how they fit. And Riddler's response would be, you're not showing me the right pieces. You've got pictures of some things, but those aren't the right pieces. It's what the cops think are the right pieces. Let me see the scene. They're wrong. Let me see the scene. They've missed something. <laughs> He's like, no, the Gotham CPD is really good. Oh, are they? How long did it take them to figure out what I was doing? <laughs> right. If and it I- weren't for you and that commissioner, I'd still be out there. Because <laughs> <clears throat> we got to give Gordon some credit. I'm not going to make it all Batman. And Riddler, and Riddler is loving the fact that Batman can't solve it. Uh-huh. But, but and he's coming to him. Oh yeah, absolutely. So just right there, his it's a instinct, fucking ego stroke. His instinct is going to be: I'm going to lead him to the answer in the most painful, slow, make you feel like an idiot way possible. Because mm-hmm. like, like he walks into the room, the, the main, the first crime scene. In three seconds, he already knows five things that the Gotham PD missed. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be they're going to be there for like two hours. As he leads Bruce to them, like, <laughs> he's pointing them out and being a 
as much of a dick about it and, as possible. No, it's going to be like, all right, well, here, let me teach you how to look at a crime scene. All right, tell me what you see. Okay, what else do you see? It's going to be this whole process mm -hmm. of you're missing something. I already know what it is. I knew what it was an hour ago. You're dumb. <laughs> right. <laughs> I need you. And in his head, it's like, I need you to admit to me that you just don't see it. So when I feed the answer to you, I feel like, oh, I'm taking pity on you because you're clearly an imbecile. <laughs> I like and I'm it. sure there's some Batman fans are like, like, no, don't do that to Batman. He's he's not Riddler. <laughs> I and and the way to justify that is you've got to have it. You've got to do it when Batman is still in year like, you know, less than like less than five, I would say, because, you know, he's. By like, I would say five and on, he's the world's greatest detective, in theory. Yeah, he's had to get. He had to get there somehow. He had to get there somehow. Batman, the Batman, was what year one, two? I'd say two. He's been doing it for a little bit. So give him. I would say put it right at about year five. I would say where Batman's just he's having a really hard time with this, this particular. This, this case. is the case. Where he learns, where he, where he finally becomes, where he yeah. learns what it, to how he's going to look at crimes, how he's going to become the greatest detective. Right. And sadly, yeah, in this world, we're putting him the mentor that helps him put those pieces together and get him to that is going to be the Riddler. But it's more. But it kind of makes sense because it, it it still makes sense within within the world of the Batman because Batman didn't really figure it out in in. No, he didn't. Even Riddler looked at him like, oh, you... You haven't... You don't know. Yeah, you've jumped to the end and you've already missed some stuff. Yeah. So it's it's a perfect it's a perfect time to, to have him come to the Riddler and be like, I'm missing something and I know you won't. Yeah. It, and at one point, you know, that's got to be... Riddler, he knows if I feed the Riddler's ego like that, he'll, he'll, ha he'll have to help me. Yeah, exactly. So there's a little bit of like Bruce being like, Okay, so I got to, I got to, even though I'm not an absolute moron, I'm going to have to make Riddler think I feel like one. Right. Because then I'm already putting him on an intellectually superior pedestal. And he's going to gladly talk down to me and give me what the answers I need. Matt Reeves, James Gunn, we just wrote your sequel. We wrote one of your follow-up Batman yeah, movies. Yeah, we, we wrote, we wrote maybe the third one. Maybe not the second one, but the third one. Yeah, we got one for you. Because I feel like, yeah, you really go, especially if you take Victor's ass and go Jack the Ripper with him. Yeah, which would be real easy to do. Yes. Because uh, I mean, it's kind of his M.O. It is. It really is. And I always go because that's like well, the greatest serial killer, the greatest mystery. Although now there's quite a few people think they've solved it. I can't remember what the more, most recent one that kind of made sense to me after having as much as I have read about it. But. That's just a good, a good example of what type of a serial killer you need him to be, because it has to be brutal, it has to be violent, it has to be time sensitive. In the fact that, all right, he it's been however many days since he's killed someone. We know he's going to strike. It's going to it's going to happen again. Zaz might not be the one writing the dear boss letter to the freaking Gotham PD, sending you part of a kidney. I don't think that's Zaz's mo. No. But Zaz is, will clearly will gladly leave you a body with a number tacked to it 
<laughs> That'll be it. That'll have a little tally. He'll then have a tally mark on his body somewhere to account for it because mm-hmm. he keeps score. Because that was like, I saw him in one of the video games and I was like, who's this guy? And I read up about Victor Zaz. I'm like, why haven't they done more with him? That villain's horrifying. Right? <laughs> and yeah, that's the, that's, like I said, he was, he was Black Mask's henchman in Birds of Prey, uh, the movie. Yeah. Not the TV series. If he was in the TV series, I don't know because I haven't actually watched that series. He, he might have been. He was in Gotham. He was in Gotham, though? Yes. Okay. Completely no marks. I think he ended up doing a couple because this was Gotham was like pre-Batman Gotham. Right, right. And I forget the actor that played him has been on a lot of stuff, too. I really liked the. I really liked the. Well, of course, I just love the movie Birds of Prey anyway, but I, I liked it. I liked those characters in that. But they were. You're right. If you do them differently, not that particular verse do it as this the the batman verse matt reeves's batman right now it's the easiest one to fit it into if they take some time they could if they ever reboot into the james gunn dc universe Mm -hmm. version of it you could do something with that especially if you want to go ahead and just establish that the riddler is the riddler like we're not going to do the origin story because why do you need it no i I really do think it would be a good sequel for the Matt Reeves Batman. I really do. And you're right. Making him, making, making Zaz a vicious serial killer really sells it. And it gives, like you said, it gives Bruce the, it gives Bruce the training to become the, you know, greatest detective. I forgot he was in Bill and Ted face the music. Uh, Victor Zaz was also on the show Barry, but yeah. I've not seen Barry. But that's who he is in God. That's uh, Anthony Kerrigan. His breakout role is Noho Hank in uh, Barry. He's not been on, he's like 22 things. Well, what else he been in? Let me see. Barry, Fatherhood, Hard Disk, Bill and Ted Face the Music. I haven't watched that yet. Which is not bad. Gotham. The Blacklist. Oh, okay. I have seen The Blacklist. Well, parts of it. He was on The Flash. The Grant Gustin Flash. Huh. As The Mist. I think I remember that, too. Parenthood. Law and Order Criminal Intent. (laughs) That's funny. Makes sense. (laughs) So, yeah. But no, good actor. He was really good as Victor Zaz. I would almost say bring him back as Zaz and give him a chance at a different darker. Right. Victor Zaz. I'm I'm okay with that. Speaking of the Birds of Prey show, I happen to see a picture of the Batgirl outfit that she was wearing before she got shot and became Oracle. Right. It looked really good. Like it was a really good Batgirl outfit. Mm-hmm. Granted, it had what looked like some corsetry bones in it, like the Part of here was literally just an underbust corset, mm-hmm. but it looked good. Like like it looks like something they would use again today, and considering when that show came out, right? Yeah, I was like, yeah. I think I think that's something you that you they forget like about that show. Was that show late nineties or early two thousands? Late nineties, I think, because Hamill was in it. Who the fuck did Hamill play in it? Who do you think he played in it? 
Was he the fucking real life? Was he the live action Joker for that? You didn't get to see him, but he's the one that shot her. Oh, wow. Yeah. If I remember correctly. God damn. Because uh, Mia Sarah was Harley in it. I'm going to have to actually go. I'm going to have to actually hunt that. Uh, what? Hunt it down. I have it at home. There is Victor's ass. Chris Messina. Another good actor. He's an Argo. What else have I seen him in? It's not. Argo. The Sinner. Uh, she's watched that. I haven't. Yeah, let me take a look at Birds of Prey, the show. I was about to say, that didn't answer our question. When did that show come out? 2002 and 2003. Ah, yeah. We got our cast. Ashley Scott as the Huntress and Dina Meyer as Barbara. Oh, yeah, that was Dina Meyer. I forgot about that. She was in Starship Troopers, right? Yep, Rachel Scarston as Dinah Lance. Ian Abercrombie is Alfred. Hmm. Mia Sarah from Legend and Ferris Bueller's Day Off yep. is Dr. Harleen Quinzel. Uh, Rob Benedict, he looks familiar. I have to see if that's it. I think that is. It is. The dude from Waiting that couldn't pee. Oh, yeah, that's why the name sounds familiar. He was also on Lucifer. He played like a Russian like gangster. What? And I'm like, wait, this is the guy from he like that kind of floored me. I'm like, man, couldn't be fucking farther from that character. Right? Holy shit. <laughs> uh, Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad was on this show. Was on was on Birds of Prey. Mm -hmm. Two episodes. His name was Jerry. Wow. OK. I didn't realize that Aaron Paul had done anything before Breaking Bad. My bad. There he is. Two episodes. Nice. Mark Hamill as the Joker. Nice. And he also had Roger Stoneburner as the Joker. I feel like they did something with the Joker's voice. Probably. So they had Mia Sarah as Harleen. And they also have Sherilyn Finn. Listed as Harleen for one episode. Could have been like a flashback Harleen. Maybe. Because I'm watching this, I'm like, Lori Laughlin as Black Canary for Wait, one episode. Really? For one episode. Is this like maybe these people who are one episode, like the pilot? <clears throat> oh, that's possible. Maybe. Maybe it got changed after. Yeah, that's possible. I don't know. That show, I know it didn't last long. I think it maybe ran half a season. I'm going to take a look and I'm looking at the cast of the unaired pilot. Mm. Yeah, Sherilyn Fenn was the Dr. Quinzel in the unaired pilot. Oh, shit. I wonder if the unaired pilot is in that DVD set then. And Hamill was the Joker. Be a lot cooler if it was. There's 13 episodes, so that seems like a full season. So it did a whole one no, season. No, that's, that's half a season. 13, is it 13? 13's half a season for that time. Oh, shit. Let me read the trivia, because I read this one other time when they first talked about Birds of Prey, the movie. I was like, oh, I'm going to look up stuff about this show. Because I remember when it came out in uh, on DVD. Yeah, because I've got it at home on DVD. I've just never watched That's it. That's why the Batgirl suit looks good. It's a repainted version of the one worn by Alicia Silverstone in Batman and Robin. Oh, that makes sense. The series was canceled in January with 11 episodes aired. 
So the producers were, however, allowed to film the final two of their 13 episode commitment. So I would count that as a season. Because they only had a 13 episode commitment to do. Check. Okay. I know technically they usually add more on to you at the end. Usually a network season is like 22 to 24 episodes. 13 would be like. Kind of like, okay, you remember how Buffy, um, the first season of Buffy was only 13 episodes because they um, they came in midway through the uh, TV season? Yeah. Like, they, they didn't air in the fall, they aired in the winter? Yeah. Because that's how it breaks down. You have your first 13 episodes of a season air from, like, you know, September to, like, December, and then your other 13 episodes air from, like, January into May. And so Buffy Buffy was basically a mid-season replacement for something or just or just happened to get picked up at that point. I don't I don't remember exactly what happened. So, I think the same thing happened with Birds of Prey if I'm not mistaken. It either that or it got canceled early, one of the two. It does mention that Mark Hamill provided the voice of the Joker and plays the Joker in two episodes of the series. I swear it was one where you never saw him, but you saw a shadow, and it was when she got shot and paralyzed. Oh, that that wouldn't surprise me at all. And there may have been a scene with Harley, like when she's right talking to him, and you don't see him. Um, yeah. But now I'm wondering if that unaired pilot is in the is in the DVD set. I don't know. Because now I really hope it is. Because I'm a nerd for shit like that. I love watching under like I wish I could find. I know I've 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 heard all the I've heard all the stories about how bad it was, but I still want to watch it. Apparently, the original the original pilot for Game of Thrones was so bad that they ended up, you know, going back and reshooting everything and changing cast and everything. It was it was literally that bad. But that makes me want to see it even fucking more (laughs) because now I want to see how bad it was because I've seen the unaired pilot of Buffy. Um, the original pilot they did, which didn't have Allison Hannigan as Willow, had someone else as Willow. Boo! Oh yeah, yeah, exactly that. You could there's no chemistry whatsoever. Like it's very obvious that that needed to be redone. God, come on, give me some details about this product. And there was um, it's called the complete series, but it doesn't tell me. The um, there was I also have the original unaired pilot for True Blood had different cast as well. Mm. And it you can tell because some of the characters like um, before they got the gal that played. Is it Tara? That's Suki's friend. Yeah. Suki's bestie. I believe the I believe the actress that played Tara was different in the unaired pilot. And you could and it was very clear that that wasn't working. It's. When you watch them, you're like, you you usually can read pretty well. You're like, oh, oh, yeah, that's I can see why they redid that. You know, (laughs) there's a reason this wasn't aired. I get it, you know, (laughs) but it's still it's it's like my it's it's like my little hard on for watching every single fucking possible cut, different cut of a movie or anything that I could find because I'm. I like seeing how little things make it make it play different, you know? 
like there's what there's three different versions of close encounters there's like five different versions of blade runner i think and it's, it's it's always fascinating to me how every little thing makes one little change makes everything feel completely different you know yeah it's 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 always that wild to me and that's why i'm an i'm a cinema nerd about shit like that i fucking love it Something I was reading just a second ago. This shows up at Walmart.com, Birds of Prey, the complete series. This collection presents all 13 episodes. Yeah, but that's just the 13 episodes. The pilots that. included is one of the 13, I thought. Well, but I thought they said the... I'll have to look and see. I thought when you were reading that, you said... 11... There it is. Ah, the pilot's not part of it, because it's 14 episodes. Ah... Unaired pilot. Yeah. And then the premiere. And then the, yeah. So episodes one through 13, and then there's episode zero, the unaired pilot. That's okay. I got a cure for that. I bet it, I bet YouTube's got that shit. It's somewhere. Gotta be. You ever see the, um, do you remember? Okay. You remember Smallville? Yeah. Um, at one point they were going to do an Aquaman spinoff. Mm-hmm. And there is an unaired pilot of that. It never made it to series, obviously. But that was included as a free DVD with select seasons of Smallville at the time. But I do still have that somewhere. Huh. So. But yeah, they basically just gave that shit away. <laughs> like, here, have a, have a free pilot episode of Aquaman that no one asked for, apparently. It actually didn't suck. It wasn't bad. I would have I watched it. Yeah, apparently there's a some dream project Momoa is wanting to do. And I guess he's been talking to James Gunn about it. And the internet rumors are it's Lobo. Oh shit. I would have watched the fuck out of Jason Momoa's Lobo. People have been photoshopping him to look like Lobo now. Oh, and it looks pretty cool. But then what do you do about Aquaman? Fuck it. Just keep it going. Fuck it. Let him do both. <laughs> There's apparently some talk about him ditching Aquaman and coming over to Marvel. And I'm like, as who? I don't I don't see him doing that, especially especially since he very famously said fuck Marvel at a convention. <laughs> I mean, granted, he's probably he probably didn't really mean it. Probably but. not. But when you're there representing D.C., you got to you got to rep the colors you're wearing. Yeah, you got to do something. Got to throw up them gang signs. <laughs> what the fuck was I getting ready at? Momoa. Momoa. Throwing up gang signs. Tomorrow, same bat time, same bat channel.